Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talk of Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Wednesday, September the 8th, 2021. And welcome to another fun-filled episode of the pod on this early September, early unofficial fall Wednesday here in the Delaware Valley. As we can smell football, it's coming in about three days. The Philadelphia Eagles will kick it all off down there in Atlanta against the Falcons. But in less than 24 hours from now, less than 24 hours from where I speak to you from, the 2021 NFL season will kick off officially down there in Tampa, Florida, when the Buccaneers begin their title defense against the Dallas Cowboys. And good evening, everybody. And it is a pleasure and a thrill to be back with you yet again as we get ready for what I believe and I know it to be the best time of the year for sports. Now, you've heard me kind of go over this before. You've heard me kind of talk this before. But starting now, starting on that Labor Day weekend, with the kickoff of college football and pretty much going all the way until, well, hell, let's face it, depending on when the Phillies fall apart, and that could be anywhere between June and, well, late September, I guess, this year, that is not so good for me, all right? This time, Labor Day through July is, to me, the best time to be a sports fan in the United States of America, to be a sports fan of the four majors, and to, of course, be a Philadelphia sports fan. And boy, do we got a lot to talk about tonight as we get ready to jump into a busy, busy pod schedule. That is right. I am back with a force. I will be coming at you at least three times a week starting this week as we will be heavy into Eagles, but we also have other business to attend to. We have other teams to talk about, and we're going to kind of jump into that tonight. And we're going to start, and we're going to lead it off with the National Football League. Now, listen, I, I, we, you know, if you listen to my, my last show, you know that my main man, the official Talking Philly Sports with Matty B., Eagle pregame analyst Kyle Quinn came on and we spent about three hours, I believe it was, deep diving the 2021 NFL season for all the teams, not just the Eagles, but for all the teams. And we kind of shared our predictions and kind of went over what we felt or thought was going to be how this season would wrap up. Tonight, I'm not necessarily going to do that uh, because we've already done that. But tonight, I want to go down... We, I want to go game by game in week one, and I want to I'm going to give you my my picks. Now, as I said, we did this thing kind of through the um, you know the deep dive. You know, we we talked in nauseum about about this, but tonight is about week one, and with this segment, the this week one NFL pregame segment, this is a new thing that I'm going to do on talking Philly sports with Matty B this football season. I am going to 
uh, around this time of the week, Wednesday, Thursday timeframe when I come on and we do our, um, you know, our kind of pregame to pregame, I will, I will sit down here and I will give you my week to week scores, my, who I believe is going to win uh, on a week to week basis. So should we start now? Should we get right into it? I think we should. Let's get right into it. As I already told you at the top of the show, tomorrow night down there in Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will begin their title defense against the Dallas Cowboys in a game that means a lot for us here in Philadelphia. Obviously, it's really helpful if Tampa Bay could get off on the right foot on their title defense, especially tomorrow. So that being said, getting into this game, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I know that everyone may have Dallas as the consensus NFC East champion in 21, and everybody seems to think that the Cowboys roster is loaded, which it is. But come on, folks, that are Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to go ahead with Tampa winning this game. Now let's transition to Sunday. One of the big games on Sunday afternoon, one of the big early games on Sunday afternoon is Pittsburgh at Buffalo. A huge game for AFC bragging rights right off the bat. You've got the defending AFC North champs versus the defending AFC East champs. The Buffalo Bills, of course, wrapped up their season last year with a trip to the AFC Championship game. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, did not have a really good end of their season. But as we get here to week one, the NFL really didn't waste any time giving us a marquee matchup. Uh, I like Buffalo in this game. I like Buffalo to come out there in Western New York in front of their home crowds, and I like Buffalo in this game. Now we go on to Minnesota at Cincinnati. Let's face it, folks. The Vikings will win this game going away. Now we move on to San Francisco at Detroit. I believe this game might be a little closer than many people think it will be, but I'm gonna let, I like San Francisco in a close one against the Lions. Then we got Arizona at Tennessee. I think that's another really good game. Another really good early matchup that the NFL has provided us right off the bat. I like this game in a kind of a high-scoring type of affair. I like Tennessee in this game. Then we got Seattle at Indianapolis. Now, as we and Kyle Quinn mentioned the other night or last week when we talked, I know from my standpoint, I'm going to pay very close attention to what's happening with the Indianapolis Colts this season. I believe every Eagle fan will. We have a vested interest in what happens to the Indianapolis Colts, at least what happens to their quarterback. So I think on in this game, in Indy, I like the Colts winning this game, and I like Carson Wentz playing 100% of the snaps, which I'm not really sure if he's going to play at all, but uh, I, you know, it's, I'm going to stick to that. All right, then we got the Chargers at the Redskins. Oh, sorry. Chargers at the football team. Uh, big one. Another big game, another game that could probably tell a story here about how this season might go. Uh, L.A.'s got to come out to the East Coast. Not really necessarily that big of a deal when we're talking week one. I like the I like a close game in this one, but I think the Chargers win it late. I like the Chargers. Then we got the Jets at the Panthers. Two teams that are kind of rebuilding, two teams that are kind of a mystery, you know, I'm going I'm to go with the home uh, the home team here. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Then you got Jacksonville and Houston, which, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, is a dog game. Uh, so at least we can kind of say with about a 99.9% certainty, and, of course, there's always that 0.1% that one of these teams is going to get a win here today, right? So 
I, I, I have predicted that the Houston Texans ain't going to win a football game all season. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville with this. Then we got Miami and New England in the late slate up there in Foxborough. The Mac Jones era will start. I like the Patriots in that one. Then you got Green Bay against a rebuilding no Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints team in New Orleans. I think that's the only thing that keeps that game close. I like the Packers. Then you got the Giants, or you got the Broncos coming to the Giants. I like the Broncos in that game, ladies and gentlemen. I like them a lot. I think the Broncos win that game and and really going away. Then on the Sunday night game, you got yourselves some Chicago Bear against Los Angeles Ram action. Um, Chicago goes out on, on the road. Really don't matter to me where this game is played. I like the Rams. And then my upset special. My upset special for t- for Sunday, we got Cleveland at Kansas City. I like Cleveland here. I, I think Cleveland comes in, as I told Kyle on, on our little deep dive show, I think this is the year that the, be- the beginning of the end, so to speak, for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs starts this year. I still like Kansas City to advance on into the Super Bowl, but I like Cleveland in this game. I, I, li- I like the upset special. So I am going to go with the with the Cleveland Browns in this game. Listen, and then uh, I'm going to go with the – let's move on to the Monday night games now. We got ourselves a barn burner out there in Las Vegas where the Baltimore Ravens will take on the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders. I don't think this game is close. I like the Baltimore Ravens. And that, of course, takes us to the marquee matchup of the week your Philadelphia Eagles on the road in Atlanta. Two teams going into this game that have gone through wholesale changes in the offseason. Both teams have changed coaching staffs. The Nick Sirianni era will begin in Philadelphia, and the Arthur Smith era will begin in Atlanta. A lot of unknowns, a lot of mysteries surrounding both these teams. I like this game with pretty much no defense being played. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the Eagles do a little bit more in this game than the Falcons do. I like the Eagles in a very high-scoring affair. So there you have it. There you have my official week one game-by-game predictions of, of this opening week of football. And, boy, is it, gla- it is a great feeling <laughs> to be able to sit here and talk about week one um, and actually go game-by-game game in week one to discuss that. You have no idea how good this feels. And all week long, I've been listening, and as I have a tendency to do, to uh, sports talk radio. And it's funny because locally and nationally, obviously the talk of the towns is the NFL. Now, the NFL debuted, or all the major NFL outlets debuted their week one power rankings. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Power rankings to me don't mean don't mean nothing. They never have. Power rankings are based on you know week to week performances, and then uh, obviously when you start a season, they're based on a projected based on last season where these teams might finish. And every and all the outlets that I've looked at, and I've looked at about six of them, have the Eagles kind of in that twenty four through thirty range. So essentially, the bottom echelon of the NFL where the Eagles will begin their power ranking life in 2021. But throw everything out that you might know or think you know about power rankings. It doesn't matter. Uh, they never do. If you want to take a snapshot of, of, a, of, of an outlet that you 
consider dependable and their week one power power rankings. Take that snapshot, stick it on your computer somewhere, refer back to it on week 18, and you'll probably be like, wow, I can't believe somebody actually thought this team was high and, and this team was low. So, But that's what, what the greatness of NFL football is, and that's what the greatness of what – um, what it means to me and what it means to a lot of other people as we get ready and we get set for week one. But we have other sports to talk about here tonight. We have a lot of other sports to talk about, and let's transition right away. Let's head on to the baseball diamond, where your Philadelphia Phillies are still in this thing. <laughs> that is right. They are still muddling along. They began play tonight two and a half games out of first place in the NL East. And two games out of the final NL wild card spot. And the beat goes on. Now, as I said at the top of the program, typically speaking, in typical years, uh, well, I guess I guess I you know, got to give the Phillies some credit because now this is like the fourth straight year that we've had meaningful September baseball. And I predicted meaningful September baseball as the Phillies have delivered. But the Phillies find themselves, listen, valiantly. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm having a hard time ragging on them. I really am. Because what they are doing right now, now granted, it's a product of the bad division they play in, right? It's a product of the schedule here down the stretch. It's a product of a lot of those things. But they are doing enough to keep people at least interested in this team. But the one thing that I do not want to have happen is that this team makes the playoffs. Because if I have said on record many times, this team is not a championship baseball club. And as far as I am concerned, and I know apparently I stand as a minority in the city of Philadelphia when it comes to this, but I am not interested in a playoff baseball team. I am interested in a world championship caliber baseball team. And the Philadelphia Phillies are not. And what I fear that might happen if the Phillies make the playoffs, it'll continuously or continually confuse us and possibly confuse the front office of this baseball team of what really needs to be done. This team needs to be taken apart and we need to start over. We have assets on this team that can be moved for a rebuilding project. That is right. You're hearing it here. I I am in favor of a rebuild. And yes, all the experts and all the Sports pundits out there tell me I'm crazy or say that I'm crazy. They say, well, you want to go through another five years of rebuilding? Okay, let's kind of put this in somewhat of a half glass full type of context. In five years from now, what is this team going to look like? If we don't rebuild and we continuously hire mercenaries to fill in the holes, fill in the gaps, cross your fingers, hopefully draft well, what is this team going to look like five years from now? Are they going to be anywhere closer to winning a World Series championship five years ago, under five years from now, under the current conscript that they would be, say, for example, if they broke it apart this winter and began to add prospects and picks and potential players under some long-term contracts? I mean, think about it. We would be no worse in either way. Matter of fact, in my way, we would be five years further along the inevitable path that's going to happen to this team in five years if it remains the same type of team with the same type of players. And another point to my let's 
break it down, tear it apart, and rebuild it. Let's look around real quick at the Phillies infield and outfield heading into this offseason. So we got Reese Hoskins, who apparently is the first baseman. I don't like that. I think he's way too inconsistent, way too streaky, can't play defense worth a damn. But I guess he's your first baseman. Moving on over to second base, Gene Segura. Okay, another one. Questions questions about his character, question about his ethic, uh, question about how hard he works. Entering the last year of a huge contract that he probably never should have gotten, but he is your second baseman, like it or not. Now, hopefully, maybe they can find a trade partner in the offseason or potentially in the you know trade deadline next season. But starting the season, he will be your second baseman. Now let's move over to shortstop. Didi. Is Didi the player we're going to have the second half Didi of this year? The one who can't, one, stay, stay on the field, or two, hit a baseball? Or is it going to be the first half of 2021 Didi and the 2020 Didi, who was a serviceable shortstop? I have a tendency to believe that he's getting older. I'm going to kind of hedge on the ladder. So do we have a shortstop in 21 or 22? I'm going to say no. Third base. You tell me who the third baseman of the Philadelphia Phillies will be in 2022. Ain't going to be Eric Bohm. No. Was it going to be Freddie Galvis? Ronald Torres? I mean, they're bench players. They're not focal pieces. Now, I hope Galvis and Torres are part of the Phillies in 22, but I am not necessarily hitching my wagon on them as being starting members of the Phillies in 2022 because that is the sign of a rebuilding team, which we apparently aren't. Let's go into the outfield. Center field. Nine players have played center field for the Phillies this year. Nine. Who is your center fielder in 2022? Are you going to continue a nine-man platoon? Probably not. If you do, you're going to be no better better off next season than you are right now. So we don't have a center fielder. Let's move over to left field. Andrew McCutcheon will be a free agent at the end of the season. Are you bringing him back? I sure as hell ain't. So we don't have a left fielder. And then, of course, over there on right field, we got King Bryce and his I-can't-be-moved contract. Now, to Bryce's defense, he's had a nice year. There's been some erroneous talk about a MVP, which is complete idiocy and ridiculous, but he has had a good season. He is your your right fielder for now until the time, you know, foreseeable future. And then uh, that catcher, obviously we're going to go with JT Rimuto and probably Rafael Marchand backing him up. Listen, JT has had a bad year. Injuries, inconsistent hitting. He's had a bad year. But guess what? No one's taking them. No one's probably going to take that contract off our hands. Now our starting rotation. Of course, the news out of Philadelphia today, or the news out of the Phillies today, is Zach Eflin going to be shut down for the entire rest of this season and potentially delayed for his return in 22. He's going to be receiving knee surgery. Now, I kind of like the rotation, though. I kind of like what it could be. I kind of like the Wheeler. Uh, Aaron Nola, who, you know, barring September, um, Zach Eflin, uh, Kyle Gibson, and then Ranger Suarez. That's a serviceable rotation. I'm okay with that. You might have to do something with Zach Eflin. You might have to bring a piece in to kind of keep things going for the first two months of the 2022 season before he comes back. But I like that rotation. I really do. The bullpen. 
the much maligned Phillies bullpen, has improved. They've brought people here. They've gotten better. They've established roles for these people, these players. I still think they need about two or three more arms, late middle inning kind of guys. Uh, but right now, you know, they, they might have, I think they've turned the corner with their bullpen. My point is this. Regardless if you want to blow it up or you don't want to blow it, you don't want to be in that mentality of blowing it up, just going out and replacing some of the holes that we're going to, or replacing all of the holes that we're going to have in 2022, it's almost like we're blowing this thing up. So don't mess around with it. We have some assets. Let's move some assets. Let's try to get better. And let's recognize what this team is. This team is in this race because of the division they're in. Any other division in Major League Baseball, they'd be mired in like third place. Long out of it. So let's not continue to fool ourselves. Let's not have January roll around and be thinking, you know what? I think we can do with a Freddie Galvis, uh, Ronald Torres middle infield. Let's not fool ourselves into that. Let's blow this thing up. All right. Now I'm going to talk one more thing about the Phillies and we're going to transition on to the ice. Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi has been under a lot of fire all season long for his alleged or, you know what, proven inability to, uh, to make decent decisions at times. He has made wrong decisions. He has uh, stayed with starters too long. He has stayed with starters not too, not long enough. He's made bad offensive decisions, bad pinch hitting decisions. A lot of decisions he has made have been very head scratching. But for what he's had to work with, for what he's had to endure, from what from having to take a starting pitching rotation that literally has a bullpen day programmed in every fifth day and to keep this team in a playoff race. I think he's done a great job. And I think next season Joe Girardi's future is not going to be it's not going to be basically Joe or the Phillies deciding whether they want Joe. I think it's going to be Joe deciding whether or not he wants the Phillies. Because I guarantee you the man has aged about five years this year trying to maneuver and navigate this kooky team. This team that that does not have anything in the minor leagues to supplement or to assist him in anything that he needs to do. And he's done a pretty admirable job. And I think he needs to be recognized for that instead of vilified. So as we sit here on September the 8th, the Phillies are a driving. They are alive they are they are in this they are doing what they got to do uh, and they're keeping people interested <laughs> they, they really are and i'm actually going to a phillies game here uh no lies i'm going to a game here at the end of the month uh, i can't wait it should be pretty fun uh, i'm gonna go down to the bank and check them out so listen the phillies you know they are uh <laughs> they're a work in progress right everybody they are a work in progress so um, all right, that's gonna now we're gonna transition off to the ice because as I mentioned, this is that time of the year. It's not only is it fun to talk about some NFL football, but as we sit here, we are literally about six weeks away from the start of the Flyers season. And I promise in the very near future, I will be bringing uh my hockey people here. Uh, we're gonna sit down and we will deep dive the Flyers here very, very, very soon. Um, we kind of did it, 
uh, after some of the trades were made, but we haven't really done it. Uh, the Flyer Development Developmental Camp wrapped up last week. I, I believe their training camp starts in about 10 days. Uh, then they're going to get into a very brief uh, – well, actually, I think the training camp begins next week. I'm sorry. Then they're going to have about a 10-day preseason uh, or, or a 10-game preseason and then followed up by their home opener, which will be in Philadelphia on October the 15th against Vancouver. I will be bringing on my Flyers people, my hockey people, and we will deep dive the Flyers. We will get into – uh, more on what this team is going to be. Now, again, a lot like the Eagles of this season, we don't really know, right? We don't know. They've changed a lot of the core people. They've changed their philosophy. They've changed kind of how it looks like they're going to attack things. Now, the two stories that we didn't talk about that happened within the last few days or weeks was Joel Farabee signed a six-year, $30 million extension, and then Sean Couturier signed an eight-year, $62 million contract extension. Now, obviously, Joel Farabee had the, the really the only flyer last year to have a decent season. He actually had a really good season. And then Sean Couturier, I think this contract that the Flyers gave Couturier says more about the future of our current captain in Claude Giroux than not necessarily in Sean. Obviously, he is a you know a very key member of this hockey team, being now locked up for for foreseeable the rest of his career. So, what does that mean though for Claude Giroux? Claude Giroux is a free agent at the end of the season. What does all this mean? What does the signing of Sean Couturier mean for Claude Giroux and the Flyers? So. I promise you, coming up very soon, I will be bringing on some of my hockey people, and we will sit down and we will deep dive the Flyers as we get ready for uh, the NHL season. So, listen, you can smell it in the air, right? Again, the unofficial start to the, to the autumn season began on Monday, on Labor Day. Of course, we still have a few, I think, two weeks left of summer officially, but it feels like autumn outside. It feels like football outside. And that is a great, great feeling. Um, that is a feeling that uh, only comes once once a year, right? Only comes, comes around once a year. And this is a great time to be a football fan. It's a great time to be a Flyers fan. It's a great time to be a sports fan in the city of Philadelphia. I love this time of the year. Things are heating up. Remember, on Sunday or later, check me back. It should be on Sunday. It might be a little earlier, maybe on Saturday or potentially Thursday or Friday, but definitely on Sunday. My main man, Kyle Quinn, will be joining me for his second season as we will do our our Eagles pregame. We'll be breaking down all the X's and O's for the upcoming game. And I really couldn't be happier. I really, really couldn't be happier. And that's going to do it for me, everybody, tonight. Just wanted to kind of check in with everybody, kind of express my excitement for what's happening in the world of sports right now. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.